Harry. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Make sure it's not too loud. Adjust the sound when we need to. Hopefully I'm still there. You are still here, mate. I can hear you. Put it there. Oh, hello, mate. How are we? I'm good. I've got some interesting questions. A little bit different to uh, what probably everyone's used to as well. Yep. So I always sort of start with a nice backstory of everyone. Uh, just to make sure that we're kept up to date with... Oh, yeah, I just want to see you. Oh, you want to uh, see me? Yeah, Sorry. I want to see you a bit. Just okay. So, yeah. um, and we want to hear about, well, I want to hear about younger Harry. Yeah. And who you were before a PT. I guess you can sort of talk about how far back you want to go. Yeah. Uh, I know you did landscaping or at least labouring for them. And that's about it, really. So you can give me a rundown of what footy Harry was like, maybe what high school Harry was like, and your lead up into PT. Yeah, okay. Um, so pretty much I uh, started at Epping Boys. I'll start from my high school journey. Uh, it's probably easy to do that. I've been playing footy for tw- 20, 20 years now, uh, 19 years, around there. So it's always been in my bread, like bread and butter pretty much. So um, growing up, just a really sporty kid. Just love sport, like anything to get out of the, into the playground. I used to get in trouble in year four for coming back to class too, um, too red-faced from playing sport too much. My teacher used to tell me off and sit me outside for a bit to cool down. Because apparently I look like a tomato or something. She was full like, no, I can't come in. This is not good. Like, you've got to stop working so hard or something like that. I was like, well, settle down. Well, as in like it's dangerous. Just love sports, yeah. She thought I was going to overheat and pass out or something, but I just love sports. I was just very pale as a kid, so probably red was just, you know. Didn't look too good. <laughs> White versus red here. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, anyway, so, yeah, at school, um, was there all through my schooling term, Aping Boys High School. Uh, was there since year 7 to year 12. Um, pretty much went there for the rugby. Um, I went there for the rugby, so uh, played it since year 7, loved it. Um, wasn't the most popular kid at the start in the first three terms, but then became... I don't know, I just sort of stayed with the Epping group that I was with back at school, like, just because I came from Epping Public, Epping North was next to us, and I just stayed with the Epping boys, like, we were on the 295 bus, used to get on it all the time, and it was just, like, the only bus that gets seeds from there, from North Epping, so. Versus what? What uh, were the other kids Like, with? oh, North, North Ride boys and stuff like that, like, all around that area, okay? Like, we don't come from very vast areas, but it's just we didn't know anyone, you know, Epping boys would just know, like, Epping Public would just know around North Epping area, so. Um, probably wasn't the coolest kid at the start, but then I sort of got into this new group with all these other boys, and we've been best mates since now. Like I don't know, they were there at my um, first grade debut and cheering me on and stuff like that. Best best bunch of blokes you ever met in your life. So it's good I met them. But yeah, so schooling was good. Um, did not like the academics part. Was not the best at it. Like I only apply myself in the things I like. So for example, I was good at PDH. Um, I'd be good in like. Probably that's about it, PDH, because that's the only thing I cared about. Like, I was all right at maths and English, and, you know, I just sort of got into the classes, didn't do my best jobs, but I was pretty much there for the sport, um, just loved playing footy. I thought I was just going to be a professional footy player by the age of, like, when like when I went to high school, I was like, that's the only thing I'm going to do. There's nothing else. Like, that's, that's my destiny. Like, there's no other way anything else is going to happen, but I'm going to be a footy player. Like, I told my teachers, they used to go, oh, what are you going to do if footy doesn't happen? I'm like, well... They used to say footy or fucked. Like, that's it. You're making footy or you're fucked. All right. Sorry for swearing. That's what you used to say. Yeah. Boys used to say footy or fucked. <laughs> and yeah. it's just like, yeah, 
that's pretty much what's going to happen. So um, once I hit year 10, started making really good selective teams. Um, I was lucky enough to get paid by Bill Pulver, who was the CEO of Australian Rugby, um, to travel um, South Africa and uh, captain the CHS New South Wales side. So I was lucky to do that. And then um, unfortunately a few injuries came up. I wasn't able to play New South Wales 1s, which is New South Wales 1s is pretty much like the best players in all the schools, in all of the Catholic combined colleges, the independent schools, the GPS schools, the uh, agricultural schools, all of them. Um, best best 23 at the rugby. And I got selected, but I was injured, so I couldn't play. So I made the Gem Blue side. And then from there, I they found my injury. I had a torn rotator cuff, ruptured bursa. Um, pretty much couldn't play rugby for six months. So it's quite devastating hearing that as a young kid. I was the youngest in the team. I was 17 in the under-19s to side. Um, so they probably had some big ideas for me, but didn't really pull through. So then my last year at school, um, didn't make any of those teams. It's funny, you make it in year 11. You make the New South Wales one side, but you can't make it when you're in year 12 when half those boys are gone. So Half what boys are gone? Because so, you were younger? Yeah, because I was younger. Yeah. So half those boys are already gone, so you're like, oh, I'm just, I'm just a walk-in. Like, I don't even need to try. Like, you're pretty much mm -hmm. going in, but turned out, nah, you're not even in the picture. Didn't even get selected for ones, New South Wales twos, all the shadows. Um, so I was lucky, um, luckily enough to play for Combined States, which is the rejects, you'd call it, from all the states. So, for example, they might try to choose eight boys from Queensland, four boys from New South Wales, six from Victoria, ACT might get two, and you play in the tournament as a barbarian side and... Yeah, I mm. played in that side. Didn't get selected for Australian schoolboys. Quite devastating. Thought my life was over because then see, reality hit. It's like, yeah, footy or fuck. Like, yeah. you make that Aussie schoolboy side now. What? Um, so going out of school, I was just I was headless. Didn't have any job. Um, didn't know where I was going. I was like, all right, just play Colts now. Or like, I was I was in the New South Wales seven side. I was lucky enough to be asked to play for the Australian sevens. Like, go to their train on training uh, camp for like two weeks. Um, I was in the junior youth with that, but never really made the final stage. It was always like the last, like always got cut before the final pick or something like that. So like I was always like the second best or something like that. So it was quite devastating near the end. But then eventually like I came out of school and it was like, okay, now what? And I had my mate called Doug and he was doing landscaping with his mate um, who he does MMA with. And I asked, oh, can you get me a job? Like, we got no I'm doing nothing. Uh, and he's like, oh yeah, I can ask. And got me a job and I was there for two years and um, it, he was one of the best people I've worked for. Even though, like, I don't know how to say it, like, even though it was hard for me, I was young, I was probably, like, he allowed me to be me, which was really good. Like, his name's Michael Drake. He, he probably was one of the best blokes, best bosses I've had. And he was really nice to me, you know, allowed. Like, there was some things which, obviously, uh, probably I was young, I was like, oh... Like, can I have a day off here, here and there? It's just like, bro, I'm running a business. Like, I get you're a kid, but, like, I need you to work. And I was sort of like, oh, I'm sore from footy, I'm sore from this. And you would allow it and stuff like that. But I was there for two years and I was in my head going, oh, now what? What am I going to do? Like, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to just be a tradie. Like, I don't, like, I'm not trying to be rude to tradies, but that's just not me. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't wake up at seven to three and just... I feel like it's brain dead. I can't do it. Like, that's just not me. There's, I don't feel there's a... Obviously, there is. You get your own business, you get your own workers, and obviously, you create something of yourself, but that's not me. I can't do that. So I was like, nah, nah, I've got to get out of here. So I was lucky enough when I joined Gordon, 
his name's David Telfer. He got me um, a mini contract deal and they paid for my whole PT course and stuff like that. They even asked if I wanted to go to university to pay for all that and stuff like that. So, um, well, pay subsidy of it. All right. And then um, I did my PT course and I was like, this is what I want to do. But then I didn't know how to get into it. I was like, oh, who, where am I going to go? Fitness first. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So I went to fitness first for a bit and did a bit of a trial there. And they were like, yeah, yeah, you pretty much got the job. You just got to just do this last thing. And then Brad messaged me. And he goes, oh, are you thinking about doing PT still? Because we used to live in the same street and he works for UHP, X-Gym. Everyone knows Brad if they listen to this podcast. Um, he was like, yeah, want to give it a go? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, oh, here we go. Like, I'll, I'll rock up. And then I rocked up, did the interview. And then two weeks later, did my shoulder. Out of nowhere, did my shoulder, and I felt like it was a blessing in disguise because it got me out of that job of doing landscaping, and it pretty much gave me a fresh look. Like your shoulder's done, your body is getting sore. You can't be a late. You can't be doing landscaping. Yeah, it's good money, good you know whatever. You're in the sun, blah blah blah. But it's like it's not sustainable. It's not long long term. Like if you're not gonna work hard or get a degree in it or get business degree or start your own business, you're gonna pretty much just just be a working ant, which aren't bad, but that's what people do. Um, but then I was like, nah, look, I'm going to give PT a go. And at the start, I was nervous as hell. I was so scared. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be the worst PT in the world. But at the end of it, it turned out to be pretty good. Um, I'm enjoying it. I love my life. I love what I'm doing. I find it so easy. Like, I think that's, that's, a, that's a big thing about life. Like, it's not easy. Like, I'm just cruising. Like, I'm still working hard, still doing everything, but... It comes naturally. It doesn't feel like I've got to go, oh, I'm going to work for eight hours. It's like, nah, sweet, hectic, going to work, easy. I get to get interactive people. I, w- I have 19 clients now. I've got 19 people with 19 different problems, 19 different stories, 19 different upbringings, 19 different experiences. I'm learning every day. Like I'm learning how to handle big human beings, people that don't have emotions, people that have a lot of emotions, people that are freaking hold their emotions on their cards, don't want to talk, want to talk, want to like laugh and play, and it's just... It's like you're a teacher of big kids. It's great. You know, you got to tell them, like, hey, you got to eat this, you got to do that. And then them going, no, I don't want to do that. And it's like, oh, shit, well, you got to do that. Like, that's the way you're going to do it. But yeah, so that's pretty much just a little upbringing in my life. Like, obviously, I come from a little bit of a broken family. Mum and dad have been split. I've got a brother and a sister, well, two sisters now. Um, um, both live in England. And, yes, my dad lives in Lane Cove. I live with my mum now. And, yeah, that's pretty much my little upbringing from there. Like, footy's been my thing. Love sports. Got into PT. Got out of landscaping, which was good. Now I'm playing Eastwood Rugby, which is great. And I'm loving my footy. Really enjoying it. Hopefully bigger and better things with footy. Footy's still a priority in my life. It's not just, you know, PT and footy are pretty much on par with what I want to do. So now i just got to take it and just make the best opportunity at this age. So, yeah, that's a bit about my life. That is a good backstory. Yeah. <laughs> Probably one of the best we've had on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, just because I love talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to footy and we'll get to PT now. Yep. So how have you found PT? I know you talked about everyone's different. You've got your 19 clients, 19 different personalities and whatnot. Yep. Uh, we did a podcast at the start. Yep. And is it... Or how is it different to what you once thought? So originally you're like, oh, I'm going to be the worst PT. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, I'm probably not the worst PT. But was there a difference from when you first started to this is what it's going to be like? Now you're actually doing it and you have a big client base and you're getting people results. Is yeah. it different? 
Oh, definitely. Um, a, a whole like the confidence in my approach to PT since I first started is immense. So before I think it came, I I am a bit shy. I know you might not think that at XG and people are gonna be like, oh, "No, you're not. Don't say that." I'm because I'm comfortable where I am. Um, at the start, I was like, if anyone looked over at my barbell when I was doing squats with someone, oh my god, am I doing it wrong? Are they doing it wrong? And if people were judging me on sorry um <laughs> people judging me or stuff like that and at the start i was just so nervous and then i didn't back my ability i wanted others approval what do you think yeah what do you think was that good what do you think what do you think like is this right is this right look at the video look at the video tell me what i need to say not get my own philosophy get my own you know points and pull them across and i started to realize sometimes i was saying my own points and people were listening to it and i was getting reaction i was getting better movements and I was like, hey, sometimes I've just got to back myself. Like, obviously, I'm not going to be 100% correct all the time. I don't think anyone in their life can say, I'm going to 100% give the best cue right now. It's probably a thousand better cues you could have used. But if you, if, it, if you implement it right and you see a difference and you see a change, I feel like you just got to back yourself sometimes. And that's what I started to do at the end. And then what I did is it was really good to have an approach of coaching some of the PTs. I was so scared to coach PTs because their PTs know what other PTs need to do. And other PTs know what they need to look like somewhat. So um, when I coached Jose, it was like, oh, so nervous. Here we go. He's going to be like, oh, this guy's crap. But then all he did was this, what was great about Jose, he just taught me. He taught me more than I actually helped him. Even though like, I put the weights on for him, did this, he helped me. He was telling me what I needed, like, what, like oh, like, this is what I'm trying to do. Okay, I'm trying to do this. And all I had to do was just tell him, what I think a PT is, you've got to paint a picture they can't see. You've got to let them know what you're seeing because they can't see it. You know how many times you see your barbells going like their bars going like fully to the right and they wouldn't even know because their perception's off. You'd be like, oh, Jesus, that's like 15 centimetres in front of you. They're like, what? And they're like, yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay, well, what do I got to do? Okay, maybe, maybe squeeze that right lad a bit more, you know, centre the bar. This is what centred feel like. Oh, okay, and then work from there. You know what I mean? So... My confidence grew by teaching, like not teaching, but learning off other trainers, coaching other trainers, then to back my ability to coach people that are, like, as we spoke about their, what is it, age? Their training age. Training age. Coaching people that have already been in the gym for like eight, eight years. So when someone else comes into the gym, they might have a training age of five, but you're like, I've done people who are, you know, I've done like Jose's a national, you know, competitor in powerlifting. You know, I've coached, like, haven't coached Brad, but, like, I watch over Brad. I watch over you. You know, you're, you're not, not, not strong, are you? So, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're talking about. And even when I said some little things to you, you listen to them and go, oh, remember, remember the deadlift thing? You're like, oh, you just picked up one thing. That was, like, my first two months. I said one thing to you and you still remember it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was just, like, after I got that, I gained confidence and then I felt like I could be a lot better than what I was. So, I just got to keep piling that on. But now I've come to the stage that, which is really good stage. It's a stage where I'm going, okay, look, I've learned a lot. I've done a lot. But the thing is that it's, there's always a right and a wrong. There's no right and wrong. That's what I would need to get. It's no right and wrong. It just needs clarification with what you're doing and a philosophy behind it. You've got a good philosophy behind anything you do. Like people go, don't bring your hips forward. Like, oh, well, hips forward could work here. You know what I mean? So it's more just keep educating, keep learning and trying to not block out anything else that people, like for example, someone will be like, this is wrong. You can go, go okay. You don't then go, okay, yeah, it's wrong. No, you go, okay, that's wrong in that context, but this context, this is right. So it's learning things in context, really. 
So I think I've come a long way. So from when I started, I was a bit, oh, no. And now I'm, like, still nervous, of course. I just had a new client today, Danella. And I'm just like, oh, am I going to give her the best experience? Like, she's got a good training age. She's been in the gym. She's lost 30 kilos, you know? She's lost about 20 kilos. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? Like, uh, it's like, no, they're paying for you. you. You back your ability. You've got that. You're here for a reason. And you're still in this industry for a reason. Most people drop out. Most people don't get client-based. Most people are struggling. I'm holding 19 clients and some of them do them right because they're not leaving. So you just yeah. keep backing your ability and that's what I realised. You've got to back your ability. You've got to find your own strengths. You don't have to be the smartest. I'm not the smartest as Brad. All right? But I'm damn right will give more energy. You know, you've got to just find what's good for you. Same that's with you. Good. I feel like you can relate to everyone. You can listen to everyone. You know, that's probably what relates to you. That's why I probably got Petra. Like, you know, people will find it hard to leave you because you just, they've created such a bond with you that it's like you're their best friend. So I feel that's what I've now created and I just got to keep harping on that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Don't worry, I back you, Harry. Thanks, Dan. I back me too. <laughs> so you talked about uh, you at Fitness First, broke yeah. shoulder, and you sort of had, I haven't even heard this part, but Brad's like, oh, yeah, come see PT. Yeah. And I guess there's a certain picture painted with UHP. So, like, what's UHP compared to Fitness First? But... Basically, is UHP different to what you once thought? Oh, 100%. I think UHP has ruined the PT, like, look at it. Ruined? Like, in a good way. Like, the picture which I thought a PT was is you just write a program, you do 30, 45 minutes, and you walk away. What you guys do, like, the benchmark you guys have created is ridiculous. Like, the service you guys provide is, like, the way I worded it at the start wasn't the right way. But what I'm trying to say is, like, you guys have, like you make it hard for other gyms to compete. That's what I mean. You've ruined it for them because if they actually get the first service, if we can get every Fitness First member, every Anytime Fitness, any Jets, whatever gym, and give them two weeks of our service, I find it they'll be very hard to go back to where they were and paying what they were. Mm. So you ruin, like, because what we do is ridiculous. Like, the time and spent and effort that some of those boys put in, like, what Brad puts into Callum, like what we put into all of our all of our clients, not just segre- it's not just certain clients, but like what, some of the work that we see is ridiculous, and it's it's not a bad thing. It's just how much we want to provide value towards our clients, and how much we want to create that community to be strong. And we know if we create that strong community, that's just gonna just feed and the ripple effect that's gonna have on other people. Like how many times do we get recommendations from people, mm. like Bianca coming in from Olivia? Blah, blah, blah. Everyone's coming in from something. Divi has brought in two friends now. Yeah. Starting to see results. And it's just moving and moving and moving. The gym's just getting bigger and bigger and more people are coming and coming because they're seeing what we're doing. Like, I remember talking to Bianca about her old PT. Didn't, like, do hardly anything. We do check-ins, program updates, nutrition. You know, when we're into the gym, our knowledge, we're vastly learning more things each week. We don't just go, okay, we're a PT, that's it. That's all we know. No, no, no. Each week, we're learning new things. Like Jose today, talking about like our skills, all about that, that. You know, talking about, okay, how are we going to prep for someone, this? How are we going to do this? About their age, about, you know, their gym age, okay? We're always learning. So we're becoming, we're not, when people come to us, it's like, oh, Jesus, these guys just got more information and they're just rolling out more information. Like, I'm starting to talk about, I remember I first learned QLs, QLs in one of our first meetings. I brought it up today to Nella and she's like, what's a QL? I'm like, oh, here we go, come here. <laughs> I know what a QL is. Like, most people don't even know that as a PT. Yeah. So, yeah, when I came to UHP, it was just like, oh, 
I only knew it as X-Gym at the start. I didn't actually know UHP. It was like X-Gym. Oh, yeah. So I came in, I'm like, okay. And then when I first got my client and Brad was telling me, I'm like sitting there going, what the fuck? I even went home to Jess. I was like, what's going on? What? Like, what are the check-ins, nutrition? i got to like update program regularly, send a video of my face. I didn't even do it for the first two weeks. I'm like, I'm not doing that. It's scary. <laughs> You're like, oh, what the hell? Oh, it's like so much, so much. Now, now it's like... Nah, like it's not enough. Like I used to send two minute check ins. Now I'm like sending like to Loza the other day. It was like a twelve minute check in. I was like, oh nah, there's more information now. It's just like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like you guys ruined it for other PT gyms because it's like if someone sees what we can do and what how we can transform people and actually the effort that we actually put in our clients, like yeah, it's crazy. So the the whole UHP changed my whole perspective of PTing. Mm-hmm. I think learning how you guys do it was. Yeah, it's the benchmark, and it's really good. Like you, you, you learn from the top. No one, no one goes. I want to be successful business. I'm going to learn from someone who's lost their business in two years. You yeah. go. I want to be Apple. I want to be this. I want to be Microsoft. You don't go. Oh, how did like some other shop go down the road that shut down a year ago? Let's learn off them. Nah, no. Nah. Yeah. You learn off the top. So it was good that I got in here. I'm glad. Wow. Look at that. Yeah, I speak a lot. eh? <laughs> I love speaking. So. I'll just keep passing on, eh? It's good. So, when are you doing your 200 squat? Next week, Brad, question? Um, no, I'd love to do it soon. Uh, definitely in our program, I think I finish on 180. So, two more weeks in this program. I don't see Brad keep going up by five kilo implements. I'd love it to, but I feel like he'll condition me a bit with those weights. Obviously, not hard. I'm in footy season now, so he's got to remember that. Like, I can't have heaps of volume, but I do feel like he's going to make me more comfortable with squatting maybe 150 for three or something like that. Like, I'm doing 140 for three now, three sets of three, so I feel like he's going to keep that conditioning, trying to make sure that, like, you know, I get some conditioning around that. But I'd love to get my 200. That'd be gun. Like, it's something, like, I've done my yeah. 200 kilo deadlift in sumos, but I uh, haven't done 200 in squat, and, like, oh, everyone always says it to me. They go, like, oh. It's 170. What's your best? I'm like, it's 170. <laughs> like, oh, what? You, what? Surely you do more. No, nah, I bench more than I squat. <laughs> like, only like four weeks ago, I benched more than I squat. <laughs> like, people come up to me and go, how much you squat? You don't want to know. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, it's going to be big. 100. <laughs> <laughs> it well, was like, oh, no. Where'd the big boom of strength come from? I don't know. I think um, my, my mentality towards training has changed a lot. Um, cause I used to train myself, right. And I used to do what I wanted to do. And I used to have my freedom. I used to go into the gym, no program, whatever. I just bro work out. Probably why I probably got my muscle mass that I have now. And I've created that, but I never got pushed each week. So for example, if I did 10 kilo dumbbell, um, press, I'll do that for the next six weeks. I won't go up 12.5 or eight. I won't go up, change my rep range or total tonnage change. Nah, nah, nah. I stay the same. Right? And now when I have to do that, I'm starting to hit fatigue levels and tiredness and it's like, oh, I can't be bothered. And there was one stage I was like, no, nah, I'm not training anymore. I think you remember it. And there was times I will just give up. Nah, right, who cares? You know, my knees are sore. It doesn't matter. I'll train next week. I train twice this week. Like, that's not me. Like, I'm not give up. I've learned that. Like, we're back at my old club. It's NGU. I got told that my whole life. Never give up. Never give up. No matter what you do, you just keep showing up. All right? So I felt bad about myself. I looked at reflected on myself and then... I don't think that's where the hidden strengths come from. So don't people go, oh, I've got to just get hidden strength out of nowhere. I've just got to find the philosophy. No, 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 that's not it. It's, I started putting more, more of the work, the more the rehab. Like, yeah, I'm not still the best at the rehab. Like, but, uh, you know, there was another day where I would just give up, but I was like, I'll push through this pain. 
right? I got a I got a nurse at my patella was sore. Couldn't squat the sixty. Next thing you know, I squatted one sixty five for a top set. Yeah. What did I need to do? Roll out my quad, you know, you know, hold tension through my tendon. You know, try and get that blood flow good. You know, try to make it get warm. Get warm. Hold it at the bottom. When Brad said hold it at the bottom, I wanted to punch him. But what he did was the best thing for me. So it wasn't hidden strength. I think it's just I've put in a lot of work now and I start to see that that's what you need to get results. You can't just be just, uh, okay, I'll just, I'll just keep repping what I'm doing and eventually I'll go there. Like, yeah. You've got to push yourself. That's good. Well, speaking of like when you said, oh, yeah, bro, workout, going to the gym, whatever. So training environment. So you used to go to fitness first after clients come back. So th- was that more of a convenience thing or you actually feel as if like the training environment helps with other people around it? Uh, so you mean gym? when I was at UHP? Yeah, at UHP, like you yeah, used to go to fitness first. Yeah, fitness first sometimes. And now yeah. it's like, oh no, I might actually train here. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like, it was just my regular gym. I felt comfortable in that gym. Uh, you guys were quite intimidating. Um, like I'm not saying you guys made me feel not welcome. It was more the fact that you guys all lift differently than me. I never do that stuff. You guys are all like, you guys are all like, Compounds and all this and form and if I've got deadlift, I can see four eyes looking at me. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what's going on here? Back at my gym, I'm look like a god. Like back there, I just rock up and the people are like, yeah, that's mad form. I'm like, yeah, hectic. You guys are like ah, four different things you need to do there, man. And I just felt comfortable, and it just probably was the norm. And then when I trained at X gym, it was sort of like, oh no, nervous, nervous, nervous. Like, oh. We're people going to judge me and stuff like this but now it's a lot like i don't feel that at all um not at all like it's fine but i don't know what it was i think it was just a comfort zone didn't want to get out of it back there's comfort zone trained there for four years five years whatever how long i did for ages so i knew people there the miso goes there you know i just knew the whole staff there it was like okay sweet I'm not saying you guys aren't welcoming it's just i'm very don't like people take, taking me out my comfort zone without me wanting to come out of it. So do you feel as if it helps at all? Like, say, for example, if you have a client that comes in even, or even yourself, like you said, like, oh, four things wrong and whatnot, do you feel as if that can potentially help if you're open to it? Or do you feel as if the training environment doesn't actually matter at all? Like Training environment does matter. I think that's a very key thing. Training, training environment matters heaps. Okay, I think that is a massive thing for a lot of people joining the gym and what gyms they join. And there's a lot of like I'm I'm not just saying this for for genders for everything for so for example like I'll talk about Jess for example she's very comfortable at Macquarie at the start and she wouldn't want to train anywhere else just because she was so comfortable she understood who's there. Um, obviously, gender is a bit hard for girls and stuff, but I reckon if you're not don't like your training environment, if you don't like the people around you, or you, the people don't make you feel welcomed, or you make you feel awkward. Would you yourself go out in an awkward situation where you think people are not nice to you? Would you then go put yourself in that two-hour situation? Don't think so. So no. why – I know you were trying to get the workout done, but why would you put yourself in that situation? Most people would withdraw themselves, and then they would have that negative effect on the gym. But it's not the gym's fault. It's the people that they're around. So I reckon gym environments are massive. If you can make a good community – and have good people around. Like, I mean, I used to walk in fitness first. I used to high-five about five people. My workout went from an hour to about two and a half hours. I wouldn't leave that place because I'd be talking to people about stupid stuff I wouldn't even know about. Yeah. I couldn't even reclaim any of the messages I've been saying to them. But training environment matters, matters heaps. It helps with motivation. It helps seeing people around you pushing themselves. And it, I think it just helps with your whole general, your journey through the gym. Yeah. Like, 
you find someone like you aspire to be or someone that you, you know, oh, they're, they're ripping in. I'll rip in. You know what I mean? But if someone's mean to you, rude to you, do you want to go back in that situation? Don't think so. If someone bullied you at school, would you go up to that bully every day and be like, hey, hang out? Nah, you'd avoid it. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. So if you're not feeling comfortable in your training environment, maybe think about it. Think about it. Think about what's wrong. Think about it. Is it, is it the training environment or is it you? Is it a personal thing or is it an outside influence? You know, try and find what's going on there. Address it. Either address it or, so, or try and avoid it in somewhat. So I'm not trying to say just leave the gym. Address it first. Nothing's getting better. And, yeah, you might have to move or might have to see what's going wrong or might have to just segregate your times with not seeing that person or seeing or, you know, whatever. Yeah. If that makes sense. It makes sense to me. Sweet. So first grade. So we did say we'd link back to this. Oh, yeah, Bushka. Uh, for, those are, for those that are listening and they don't know what's oh, so good you. about it, let's say. Heaps of them. Yeah, heaps uh, of you boys. Is it just one step up from second grade, right? Like my, someone might say like, yeah, oh, it, second grade. It te- well, technically it is. Just one step up. Technically like, it is. And then that's just one step up from third grade. Like what's, yeah, either, what's a big deal or? Like, um, so, yeah, people will say that. It's like, oh, it's just a step up. And technically they are correct. It's the next step up. Like if you look at the staircase, it goes third, seconds, first. Like there's no difference about it. But what it comes to be a first grader and what it comes to be a second grader and a third grader and a fourth grader, vastly different things. Okay, vastly different things. So a lot, a lot of it is everyone. I say in their own right can strive to be a first grader. Obviously, it it comes with a lot of hard work to be a first grader. Like some of the boys are actually quite gifted. Some of them just fall into place because they're a talented football player. They've got the size. They've got all the attributes. They've got the speed. They've got the knowledge. But remaining a first grader for a very long time, very hard. Okay, becoming a first grader, easy. Easy. You just got to get an opportunity. Injuries, stuff. You can just be, oh, yeah, play two first grade games. Yep, sweet. How long do you play for? Ten years? Okay. Are you a first grader or are you just a, just a villain? Like, being a fir- consistent first grader is a massive thing. The dedication, the hard work you've got to put in. And some people don't cherish it. I know that. Some people are at shoot shield level going, oh, this is an easy league. For some of them, they're super rugby boys. They've got the talent to play super rugby. For some other people... First grade's a massive step. Like, playing in first grade, holding that standard, playing against a long comp, 19-round comp, 19 rounds. That's not including finals. Versus what? Like, what do you mean? Like, versus so... so What's second grade or third? So, second grade will still play the same, but third grade and fourth grade won't play as many games these days. They, like, for example, like, we're playing... We're going up to Newcastle this week. Second grade, third grade and fourth grade don't play mm. because they don't have a team. Yeah. Parramatta might not have a team. West Harbour might not have a team. There you go, there's already three games. How many times do we play Hunters? I think we played Newcastle twice. So there you go, they missed two weeks. So you play 19 rounds against the best of that area. Like you're always playing. And when you play Shoot Shield, there's super rugby boys that are getting dropped down from the Waratahs that are coming to play. Like uh, this week, I'm pretty sure there was like eight Waratah boys from the New South Wales side returned to Shoot Shield level. So you'll be playing against people that are actually playing against internationals. So it's not just like a, oh, yeah, it's a first grade, that's it, like division one. Like this, is the, this is the top pack of the boys. That This is the next stage to New South Wales Waratahs. This is the funnel that goes to the top. And once you're at the Waratahs, you can play for your country. So that's how vast the steps are. So when they say second grade, first grade, like it's a big thing. But being in there, um, really hard. 
really hard tough footy players everywhere. It's it's great experience to learn off people. You're going to be being veterans, veterans that have been there for hundred caps, and you're going to be playing with people that are just about to start. Hundred caps is in games. Yeah, hundred games yeah. for their club. You know what I mean? It's just like they've been around this rodeo. They've probably played against some of the world's like Australia's best in New South Wales. So that could be like five years plus. Yeah. Because 19 yeah. games at comp. Yeah. If they do grand finals, it's 20. Yeah, there you go. And there you go. That's five years they've been in consistently in first grade. Imagine the talent that you've seen in five years. Like, you've been open for a business for, what, a year? Some of the turnovers you'll see, some of the people you'll come see come through and the stuff like that. And the people that you grow with it, there's, mm. like, probably, let's say you guys have 300 members, 300 new people. Let's say you grow at that rate each year. Straight away, that's 1,500 people you've different. So let's say they played against the young bucks, the new, the old veterans, everything. So maintaining a spot in first grade is a massive thing. And being a first grader is a massive achievement for me because, yeah, it's something that I've wanted to be for the rest of my, like, wanted to do for the rest of my life. I always wanted to play for Eastwood at the end of the day. I know it might hurt other people hearing that like, I did go to Gordon and stuff, but Eastwood was where I've always wanted to play. I've always wanted to play at TG. I'm very sad it's going to get knocked down, but we're moving just down the road, so it helps. But, yeah, I've always wanted to be an Eastwood first grader. So knocking that goal off... Uh, yeah, it's a massive thing in my life. I know, you know, people are like, oh, I'll be the Wallabies and stuff. They're like, I'd love to be a Wallaby, mate. But unfortunately, like, that's not, uh, right now, it's not me. You know, it doesn't mean it can't be me. I'm not giving yeah. up on that. I could, I could play for the Waratahs, maybe. Maybe people would listen to this going, you got no hope, but I don't care. I'll give it a go. You're young once, fuck. Who gives a shit what they say? You just got to keep going, keep showing up. You keep showing up, you're going to get an opportunity eventually. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, congrats on the debut. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Bradley Mann came down and watched me, which is good. A few of the boys came down. It was a great day. Um, it was one a very special day in my heart. Like, it was a really good day. So I was really happy to get that done, and especially at TG, get a win against East. Like, it's not like he went on for 20 minutes. Like, I went on for a good 20 minutes against a side, which is not a walkover side. And, yeah, to get the W there. Yeah. Yeah, 22-17. I remember it. Here you go. You won't forget it. Nah, no way. Well, leading off of rugby again, what's yep. the mentality of a rugby player in your eyes? Is, it, is everyone different? Oh. Or is there a certain grit or like anger or whatever it is that you have to have to be, say, either quite good or at least some observation you've had to be like, oh, these sorts of people are quite good? Yeah. Or is it just like, say, for example, I can give lifting. There's different types of lifters. Yeah. Some people angry, calm, yeah. in the middle, like, Rugby players? Rugby what? players, exactly like that. Vast range of people. Vast. Like, you can have, especially with union, you can have all different body types, all different personalities. Okay? And I think it's even with league and every other sport, vast different people. Okay? So, with me, mentality, I feel you've got to be, I don't know how to describe it, to make people describe it, like an SAS guy. Like, I feel like, as a rugby player, your mentality needs to be, like, just next job next thing like just your attitude just has to be like a animal beast like i would sort of swear but a c-u-n-t like so you got to be sometimes you do have to be it you just got to be a different breed of fish all right to be the best and to look at the world's best they're just a different breed they'll keep getting up like you look at people like kobe you look at all those guys like mj and you hear about them if you want to be the best rugby player you want to be the best player on that field you got other you got about 15 different people on the other side that you got to beat You've got to be a different cut. So you've got to have it. It's a little like you've got to have a bit of everything. You've got to have a bit of animal in you. You've got to be calm and collected when it comes to it. You know, you've got to be able to go when you need to go. You need, you need to be able to just not stop. Like, you just got to get up. Like, if your opposition, like, you should be good. NGU. Your, yeah, NGU, never give up. Exactly. 
you should look at your opposition and go, every time, every second you're on the floor, I'm up. You stay on three seconds, I'm up on two. You get up on one, I'm not even down. Uh, that's what you got to do. You just got to beat them. You just got to have that mentality like, you're not going to beat me today. I don't care how big, how big, how tough, how strong, how much weight you've done. This, in my mind, will beat you every day of the week. I will get up and I'll beat you and I'll beat you. Like, you can, you can smash me a thousand times, but guess what? A thousand and one time I'm going to stand up and I'm going to keep going. And you're not going to get me down. Even though you might think you will because you've got the strength, but I'm going to keep going and keep going until you mentally give up. Like, oh, fuck, I can't even tackle this guy anymore. I've smashed him that many times. I've heard him that many times. He's still going. I hit him so hard. I thought I him so him hard. Out. I thought I knocked him out. No, I'm still here. That's what you've got to be. Okay? And it really helps if you're in a team environment which you have everything. Because you've got to have the people that are calm and collected. There's people in the sheds that hit their heads like, oh, here we go, here we go. There's people in the sheds that are just singing and di- dancing. There's people that don't even care. There's people that just want to chill out. There's people that want to go, don't want to talk to anyone. People listen to music. You're going to have everyone. And you've got to all learn to connect as a team. And you've got to use each other to help each other. Mm. So, for example, there's going to be someone who's a hothead, but someone that can really talk well. Talk to that boy. You're the one that's going to get through to him. I can't go to him because I'll shout at him. I'll be yeah. like, Come on, mate. Don't do that. Switch. He'll turn off me. Now, nah, stuff you. Some of the other guy goes, yeah, bro, you're on the right. Just let's calm it down. Calm it down. We've got 10 minutes left. 10 minutes left. Need, I need you on this field. I need you here. All right, sweet. So, captain's got a big role because he's got a lot of personality. So... To be a first-grade player or to be an elite rugby player, you've got to have everything, all right, and you've got to be able to use it when you need to at your disposal, and you've just got to be able to that's, – that's the main thing. You've got to have everything, and you've got to be able to use it when you need it. So for sometimes you might be losing a game. Is there a point to smack some guy really super hard and get a yellow card? No, there's not. Yeah, I got you, man. So you need to have a bit of everything. So speaking of that, and I know you sort of gave it – a nice detailed overview of sort of what you have to be. Yeah, I talk a bit. One person up, uh, one step ahead. Always. Always get back up, NGU, yep. Yep. that sort of mentality. Yep. But is any sort of uh, value or piece of advice, let's say, like in yep. terms of let's just cap it at that, uh, for someone trying to take the next step in their sporting career, uh, whether it be sort of mentality or way to look at things or it's maybe someone who's like, oh, I'm trying my best, but things aren't getting through. You seem to have made a breakthrough within the last year. Yeah. Injured, sweet, that happens. Yeah. yeah get sad, all right. Demotivated training, yeah. sweet, that happens. And yeah. then it's like, oh, now I'm in first grade. You've just answered it right there. In exactly your question, you've just answered your own question. It's resilience. It's 100%. It's going to hit you every day of your life. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to get told that you can't make it. You're too small. You're not big enough. You're not strong enough. You're never going to be better. It's always someone bigger and better. You like you always get told that in your life. Every time. Remember when you're always going to fight? It's always bigger than someone big, bigger and better and stronger than you. It's like, okay. But you just got to keep going. Because those bigger and better people won't just keep going. You'll keep going. You just got to have that motor and that, that. Look, there was this one thing that I said at the start of this year, and it was my motivational thing for this year. Okay. And I won't go into it too much, but it's sort of like, I'll give you a quick description. There's a horse and a man in the woods, right? And the man goes, they're trying to find their way out and they've been stuck for years. Can't find it, can't find it. And he just wants to give up. And he goes, the horse goes, can you see your feet? The man goes, yeah, I can. And he goes, just take the next step. The man that's willing to take the next step and keep going and not look at the vision at the end. Because everyone's looking at the end goal. I want to get out. How are you going to get there? You're not just going to get it. If you want it, you're not just going to get it. When are you ever going to get get it? You're not, never going to get it in life until you work for it. The man that's willing to go on the journey through the hard times will get there. 
The man that's willing to go, okay, I've walked 100 miles. I've got spikes in my foot. I'm going to give up. Now, nah, get up, go again. Oh, it's getting cold now. Get up and go again. Oh, it's getting warm now. Oh, get up and go again. You found the end because you kept walking. The person that's going to go in circles and be like, oh, no, oh, no. It's resilience. You've got to keep bouncing back, not give up. Not give up. I know you hear this. You hear all these inspirational quotes. People sit there and go, I'm inspiration. And the next day they'll give up. It's you got to look in yourself, look in the mirror. And there's another one that I always say to myself, I don't want to be that guy at the pub that sits down, eight of his best mates and goes, oh, I could have made it. Back in my day, I could have been the best rugby player. You hear it all the time. Every time I go out, you got one bloke, oh, you play rugby. Back in my day, it was harder. It's like, uh, but you're here. You're here right now. You're not there. If you were there, you wouldn't be here. So don't be that guy that sits at the pub. Be the guy that goes, I'm there. I've done it. I was done it, man. Good luck with your job. I could have been that guy. No, no. You be that guy. And that's what I say. Resilience, bounce back, don't give up in what you believe in. All right? There's always going to be opportunity no matter what age you get to, just keep going. All right? And no matter what, believe in yourself because that's the only person at the end of the day you look in the mirror. You're not trying to don't, don't compete with anyone else. If you beat yourself every day in the mirror and you get 1% better, that's 365% better every year. You keep going like that. If you hear anything about interest rates, anything about money, if I told you you can go 300, if I said you put money on this thing, 365% every year, you're going to do it, aren't you? So just get 1% better every day. Mm, one step at a time. One step. Next step, baby. Wow, that's good advice. I know, I sound like a little modern day guru, eh? Yeah. Sit here and hear my own voice, I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> one step at a time. Yeah. I know Indeed. it sounds cliche. I know it sounds cliche. The said to the farmer. Yeah, the walker, whatever. One a day. Just one step. Just take your next step. If you take a step every day, you're going to go further than what you are if you don't take a step. But I look, when people listen to this, they go, oh, cliche, hear this before. Yeah, all right, fair enough. And that's the mentality you don't want. You don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I've heard this before. Yeah, next step, whatever, blah, blah. Yeah, it doesn't work for me. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Nike's got the best thing. Just do it. That's what you got to do. Like, how are you so successful in your business? And you might sit here and be like, oh, I'm not, like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But look what you did. You took the next step. You take risks. People probably told you, you can't have the cheapest prices. You can't have the best servers. You can't be the best gym. You can't do this. This service is not good. But what are you doing? You're just taking the next step. Mm. Don't worry. That's my goal. I'm taking the next step. I don't care what you guys. They're shouting shit at you. You get your head down. Next step. Next day, this is happening. And now you're making those steps forward to be what you want to be. Mate, when did you think at the age of, what are you, 25? Yeah. You're going to, what, have 14, 15 employees working for you? You're going to have a gym opened? You know what I mean? You probably, you probably thought about it, but, like, but you did the, the steps to get there. You didn't just, it didn't just happen. Yeah, I guess that's a big one. A lot of people sort of, oh, they get turned off by step, 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 yeah. step. Like, so how many steps? A thousand? Oh, no, no, I can't do that. Yeah. But I thought you it was just, one big step. You just kept doing it, didn't you? Yeah. And that's probably why you are where you are now. You've probably done exactly what... I've done, but in the rugby terms. I've done it in rugby. I got pushed back, told no, 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 no. And you've done it in the PT eyes, in the business eyes. You've gone, people tell you, oh, no, you can't get a good gym, can't find a good space, can't do this, can't do that. Won't be good. But how you've got people paying for it now. People are coming. People are showing up. You know, I wouldn't work for you if I didn't believe in you. I'd give up on it if I, if I didn't see any potential. So... Exactly what you're doing, same as a footy player they need to do. I feel yeah. like business, any sports and business relates super well with each other oh, yeah. and correlate super well. 100%. Okay, so sporting people out there, one step at a time. Yeah, one step, baby. You don't get to that end goal, one big leap. 
Nah. You got to put one foot in the mud. Just chip away, chip away. Just keep chipping at it. Well, that's a great conclusion, I think. Oh, mate, this has been great. I've yeah. loved this. You loved it? I did love it, mate. You should get me on more. Oh, <laughs> next everyone week. wants to listen to <laughs> me. All right, hopefully okay. everyone listens to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was some good advice in there, but yeah, thanks hopefully. heaps, Harry. No, nah, you're right, mate. And once Thank again, you very congratulations. Much. Cheers, mate. I appreciate Round it. Round 15. Round 15 against uh, Norths. Norths. Um, Jack Bruhaha. <laughs> oh, let's see if he listens to it. Nah, he definitely <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Harry. All right, mate. See ya.